Well, happy Mother's Day and to all you moms who, you know, my, my mom, uh, I don't know how many times she's told me, I was such a terrible mom. I'm like, what? No, you weren't. You know, and we're often our own worst critics, but happy Mother's Day. You know, as Christians, we're known for something called the gospel. And gospel literally means the good news. And so generally, the gospel, the good news that we share with people is that God knows everything about you, and that doesn't sound so good. But despite all that we've done and all that he knows, he, he loves us and he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us so that if we ask Jesus to pay for our sins and to forgive us, and if we make him our, our Lord and the leader of our life, that we can have a relationship with God that starts now and goes into eternity. We can have heaven with God instead of hell with our own sin. And that is great news. That's the good news. But I'm here to tell you some other good news because of the implications of that, that you probably will not hear anywhere in our society or on the news today. And here's what it is. There has never been a better time to be a mom following Jesus Christ than right now. We're, we're told this is the worst time to be a mom. We're told we need to have less moms. We need to have less children. This is a terrible time to bring a child into the world. And there is some truth to that. If you are are, are a mom who is not following Christ, this is not a good time. But, but if you are following Jesus Christ, whether you're a mom or not, there has never been a better time to follow Jesus Christ. Now, some of it is a play on words because I don't think there's ever a bad time to follow Jesus Christ. But definitely, the darker the world becomes, the brighter God's light shines. And, and the more different we are when we follow Jesus, the more of a difference we can make for him. And so the message today is really pointed at those who have made Jesus your savior and Lord, your, your forgiver and leader. And, and so the, all, all the things I'm gonna look at in God's word, it's, it's, it's for those individuals. If you haven't done that yet, I really wanna encourage you to make that decision uh, because, because there's never been a better time to follow Jesus Christ in general. So I'm um, going to look, uh, uh, start in 1 Thessalonians 5, but before we get into that, I, I do want to say, you know, we're talking about moms today, but these are principles really for anyone, well, you're, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're single or married, whether you're a mom or, or not a parent at all. Uh, th these are for you, and I'm, I'm really grateful, and I think we all realize that you don't have to be a biological mom to have an incredible impact on the next generation. And so we have individuals here that are coaches and, and that, that volunteer in our kids' ministry or in our student ministry or you're, you're in the community helping with kids and maybe you're a grandma, maybe you're an aunt, um, maybe you've adopted or you're a foster parent and maybe you're just a big sister. And I can think of a big sister in the community who just continues to look after her adult um, little sister who really has a lot of needs. And, and so no matter what role you, you have, God wants to use you and is using you in those roles. I, I was thinking about all the, the individuals in our church that have adopted kids and have fostered kids just this last week. And so I just tried to make a list. Do you know there's over 30 kids and teenagers in our church right now that have been adopted or fostered? And here, here's what makes that amazing. That's just Montrose. And that's just teenagers and children now. This is not adults 
who have been adopted. This is not, you know, past foster kids. There's been dozens that have been fostered in the past and now they're back in their homes or they're somewhere else. And, and, uh, but that's, that's just right now. I don't know what percentage that is, 10% of our kids' ministry every morning. I, I don't know. We have about 100 kids that come fifth grade and down every Sunday. And, and you know, it's just that I'm just so glad that, that this isn't a normal church and that you're not normal people. You're, you're definitely not normal. I wasn't pointing at you, Ben, but oh. you aren't either. But, um, you know, and, and in fact, just, just this week, I think it was Wednesday this week, I, I got uh, a text at 3.30 that seemed pretty desperate. It was children and youth, and they said, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a one-year-old that we don't have any place for them to be tonight. Could you help us? And so I was like, that's a big ask. So what are you doing tonight? <laughs> you want a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a one-year-old for like a week? And um, so I, I texted some people and had, had one couple respond and say, you know, we're not sure about this because we just heard about it like five minutes ago. Um, but we are interested in finding out more and we may be able to take them. And so I called back and in an hour, there were two other families that stepped up and said, we'll take, we'll take them. So one did and the other was back up and yeah, I didn't, I guess we got a clap. This is like, I'm not used to people interacting with what I say. That's awesome. It's amazing. That is not normal. You know, and I'm just so glad that God did not create us to be normal people, mediocre, run-of-the-mill. He, he made us to be great. And he doesn't want, he's sick of normal churches. He, he wants us to be a church that is running hard after God. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that, that is like that. And, and so here's the, some of the verses we're going to talk about today in regards to mothers, in regards to all of us, really. This is a prayer that Paul has, and he's telling the, this church in Thessalonica, Greek, he's saying, this is my prayer for you. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through so that your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so just that first part of it, he's saying, I, I, my prayer is that you would be sanctified. Now, that's not a word we use a lot, you know, at work, you know. Were you, did you sanctify your hands before you came in today after you used the restroom? I mean, we just don't. It means to purify or to clean, to make holy, um, and, and to change and to transform in a good way to be set apart for God. And so we decided on kind of summarizing that word sanctify with this word, refine. God is refining you through this season. That is God's goal for us is to refine us, to sanctify us. The reason we chose refine is because it carries with it a little bit of a connotation, a meaning of pain, of fire. Fire is what refines gold and precious metal. And, and there is in this process of sanctification, the big word, of refining uh, some pain often that comes along with it. You see, our, our goal in life, and I'm more and more convinced that this is, this is why we don't understand what's going on in the world. This is why we don't understand what happens in our lives is because my goal is, is to be safe and happy. And that's often our goals for our kids. 
You know, what do we want for our kids so that they be safe and that be, they be happy? That's not God's goal. Essentially, our goal is this. Cows are safe. Dairy cows are safe. <laughs> yeah, not all cows are safe. <laughs> the beef cows are not safe. But dairy cows are safe and they're happy. What do dairy cows spend their entire day thinking about? Food, yeah, grass. They Really, essentially, they're thinking about themselves and their stomach. 99% of the time, the other 1% of the time, they're thinking about kicking the farmer. You know, but, but 99% of the time, they're just safe and happy. And God did not create you. He, he made cows to be cows. He made you to be in the image of God. And that's our next series we're going to be talking about starting next Sunday. And I think it is one of the most important series of the entire year, talking about the implications of what does it mean to be made like God. And that's what God made you to be, to be like him, not to be, he's got cows to do the cow thing, you know, to be safe and happy. He, he didn't make you to be safe and happy. He made you to be Let's go back. Sanctified through and through so that your whole spirit, soul, and body would be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he made us to do. And, and this is a big, this is an all-in kind of thing. Whole spirit, soul, and body. Church is just not this thing, you know, what God wants to do in your life isn't just this weekend thing that you do one day a week. It's, it's to, to encompass everything, your, your mind, your soul, and your body. God is refining you in this season to make you better. A lot of times we think these, these, these painful things are the problem of our lives. If I could just not have a child who's screaming all night for reasons known only to God, you know, then my life would be better. But, but no, that's the catalyst of God to do something in you, you know? And so God has called you to this season. God's refining you in this season, and he's called you in this season. Um, that's the next verse in Thessalonians. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Larry Potter, who retired, he was our pastor over in Halstead, Bridgewater. He's, he's said this many times. If God calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. And with a southern accent, it just sounds more profound, but um, didn't come up with that himself. It's, it's really true. And God has called you to the season. What you're going through right now is not an accident. God doesn't do accidents. It's on purpose and for a purpose. And, and what he's doing in your kids is working something in your life. What, what he's doing in your life is working something in your kids' lives. And we might not understand how it all comes together, but, but he is faithful and he's called you to the season and he will bring you through it. And, and as he brings you through it, he's given you everything you need for this season. Now that's something we often don't feel like is true. Like so often we think, I, I don't know what to do. I, I got teenagers and, and it's different even than when I had teenagers years ago and, and, and how, do I, how do I manage this and how do I handle them? And when you don't know what to do with your teenager, here's what God's word says. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So it's, it's through what we know about God it's through what, what he's revealed to us in his word 
our knowledge of him who's called us. And he's given us that. And so when you don't know what to do at night, when the baby's crying, and you're like, what am I? It's his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. When you say, send your last baby off and you return to an empty home, even then, his divine power has given us. In this season of your life, he, he's given us everything you need, we need for a godly life. When you see yet another friend get married and you're not, and then your, your sister calls you up and say, you know what, I, I'm pregnant for our fourth. And you've never had one. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, even in those moments. We can trust God with this season of our lives because he's given you everything you need for this season. And, and I even slipped as I was going through that rehearsing that, I, I slipped because I actually changed this to what we think it says, which is not what it actually says. He is not saying that he has given you, Cody, everything you need for a godly life. That's not what it says. He is not saying his divine power has given me everything I need. What word did I change? His divine power has given who? Us. I don't think he's saying he's given you everything you need. I don't think you have it. <laughs> I know I don't. You know, some of you are blessed with a good mom. And if you're a mom and you've blessed with a good mom, what do you do late at night? You call mom and say, her poop is green. <laughs> Should I go to the emergency room? And they're like, nah, <laughs> it happens. And you're like, oh, or, or this happens, or how come this is painful, or this is, you know, what, what do I do? And you know what? Not all of us have good moms to give a call to. Not all of us have moms anymore. His divine power has given us everything we need. This is why the church is so important, to be a spiritual family and to help each other, because I, I, I'm so grateful that I don't just have one dad. God has given me multiple dads, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ, spiritual children. And, and, and so, you know, church is not this club you go to to hear a nice speech and a couple good songs on the weekend. That's not what church is about. Church is about being a spiritual family and helping each other because his divine power has given us everything we need and everything you might need might not be a thing it, it might be another person I, I think moms today need to capitalize on this more to, to not try to do it alone all by yourself to, to give someone a call maybe a sister in Christ and say I'm, a, I'm at my wits end I've locked myself in the bathroom and I think they're getting come, gonna break through soon. You know, I'm like, help me. Like, can you, I mean, I remember Becky doing that a couple times. Never with Daniel, he is such a good child. But with one of my other ones, I locked him in his room and now he's throwing heavy things at the door. Could you come home right now? 
you know, and not only do we need to rely on each other as husbands and wives, if God's blessed you with, with, with a spouse like that, but, but he's given us others in our life that we need to tap into and say, man, you need to come over. Are you sure you want me? I got three kids. Yeah, like I'll take it. Like we need to help each other. And to do that, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Again, it, it, this isn't just, you know, we self-help each other. That's an important part of it, but it all needs to be God-focused. And, and through our knowledge of, of what God has said and what's in his word, he has given you everything you need. And then finally, God is preparing you right now for the next season of your life. And um, this is a great verse. We are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And when I read that in advance, it does mean he prepared it like before the world was created. He had this plan and, and he was preparing uh, everything about your life to, to be where you are right now, to be surrounded with the family and friends that you have or the lack of, to, to have, you know, to be here this morning. Here. He's prepared it all. But some of his preparation is right now for what's next. I wrote a friend this week, uh, Jason is his name. And Jason just received a sentence of six years in prison. He's already served one. And um, he's, he's discouraged. And I, I wrote to him, and if you're not familiar with this story, I encourage you to read it this afternoon, Genesis 40 through 50. It's the story of jo Joseph. And Joseph, for 13 years, is a slave and then in prison wrongfully. Why? Because God had prepared some good works for him to do to be the second most powerful man in the world. And he said, I gotta prepare Joseph to fill those shoes. He needs to learn Egyptian because he's gonna be the second most powerful man in Egypt, so he's gotta learn their language. And so he sent him to Egypt as a slave. He, he needs to learn about how terrible injustice is because he's gonna have an incredible amount of power. And if he doesn't look out for the little guy, it's gonna be a disaster. And so he needs to learn about injustice. So I'm gonna make him a slave and then a prisoner wrongfully. He needs to learn character. He needs to learn patience. He needs to learn all of these things. And for 13 years, God prepared Joseph for the next days. And so I wrote Jason about this and I said, God is gonna use you now as you, if, you, if you follow him, but then he's also preparing you for whatever is next. And I don't know what that is. But God does, God takes a lot of time preparing. It seems like God is incredibly slow and he does nothing, does nothing, does nothing, and then boom, all at once. And, and Moses, God says, I want you to lead and be one of the greatest human leaders in history to bring millions of people out of slavery in Egypt. And he wasn't ready till he was 80. 80? We think at 80, man, you're... You're ready, ready for what God wants. You, you know, we think, man, your life is over at 80. What could you possibly do? And God said, no, finally, 80 years of age, you're ready for my best work. 
And some of you here, you're over 90, and God's saying, you know what? Now you're at your best. Your body's not at its best. Your taste and all these other things and things might ache, but God can use you because he's so good. I mean, with, with Abraham, he said, you're not ready to be a father. Then he was 86, and he's like, all right, now you're ready. I mean, oh my goodness, 86. And then 99, he had his second. You know, and so God is preparing you right now for whatever is next. And we don't know what is next, but we know that, that it's, that it's a, a path to that blamelessness, a path to that being sanctified, a path to that refining to make you and to help others to be what God wants you to be. God's preparing you right now for the next season. He's up to something and we need to trust him for the next five minutes. Um, Kristen is going to share, uh, Pastor Josh's wife, Kristen Jones, is going to share really about how God, uh, what, what these four things look like in her life uh, of God's preparation and God's uh, working in these different seasons of her life. Let's listen in. I always wanted to be a mom, and I really wanted to be an amazing mom. I felt pretty prepared because of how I grew up, but I didn't expect motherhood to reveal just how selfish I truly am. I'm sure I heard that, but I obviously didn't listen. God has and continues to use motherhood to refine me, to make me more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, but I struggle to see the day-to-day -day challenges as God refining me. I allow my kids and my circumstances to control my emotions, and then I'm not quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry. I struggle to restore my kids gently. I forget that God is using everything and everyone around me to remove what isn't like Jesus. So I have to ask myself, am I letting him do that or am I fighting against it? Do I respond based on what my kids are or aren't doing? Am I sinning in my response because I'm not getting what I think I need? Am I comparing myself to moms around me Am I sinning in order to get what I feel like I deserve based on all I do? If I remove God from the equation, I miss the fact that he is refining me, making me more like Jesus. The only way to be a great wife and mom is to be like Jesus. I have to be willing to allow God to decide what that process looks like for me. God is the one who determined when I became a mom how many kids we had, how close together they are, and how long I will need to mother them. He created me to raise Cole, Maggie, Sadie, and Gracie. He decided whether they were awful or good babies, how much sleep I got, how bad the terrible twos were, which actually turn out to be about 18 months to 18 years old, how many times we were in and out of the hospital, whether my kids were outgoing, shy, athletic, artistic, musical, academic, but he also determined what motherhood would look like for me in this current season. He wanted me to raise four teenagers during this time in history, in this culture, in this community. He determined what circumstances would enter my world that don't have anything to do with motherhood. He actually orchestrated the events of history to bring me to this exact moment in life and in motherhood. He wants me to be a mom right now to an 18, 16, 14, and 13 year old and knows that not only is that the very best thing for me, but it's actually the very best thing for them. 
If he orchestrated the events of history to give me those babies and to bring me to this point, I can be confident he will give me what I need to do this well. The one who called me to this season will be faithful to see me through this season. Here again though, I have got to ask the question if I actually live like I believe that on a daily basis. If I know that he will give me everything I need for this season, then I can't look at my kids or my circumstances to determine if I have everything I need to be godly. When I delivered my miscarried baby and then did it all over again three years later, when my baby won't stop crying for months and I spend night after night crying in the darkness, when I watch my child continually struggle to breathe, when my child's emotions were out of control, when I watched my child be wheeled into heart surgery, when my kids won't stop fighting with each other, when I hold my sobbing teenager, when my child is so mad at me that they won't even talk to me, when I have no idea how to navigate 2023 with four teenagers, when I'm tired and weary from sacrificing and serving and repeating myself and being constantly needed, when I'm lonely, when I'm hurt, those are the moments that I have to remind myself that he has given me everything I need to be like Jesus. My emotions and feelings don't have to control me. I can do this. I can respond with grace and gentleness and patience. I can have joy in the chaos, a peace that makes no sense, and an incredible confidence that he is good. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. So I'm pretty sure he can give me everything I need to respond like Jesus. I worry about my babies. I worry about their future in this world and the future of my grandbabies. I worry about how I will handle the next season. But if I believe that God is good and that he is currently preparing me for the next season, then I don't have to worry about the future. I just have to be faithful right now and take the next right step. God is already in the next season. He will give me the grace to handle what he asks of me then. If I honestly look back, I will see that he has been faithful in every season. He won't fail me now. Instead of running from the difficulty motherhood or life brings, I want to allow it to help me surrender any selfishness, prepare me for what is next, and give him everything, knowing that his goodness is running after me. You know, women are better at multitasking than men, generally. But nobody's better at multitasking than God. He is always doing more than one thing in more than one situation, all at the same time. And... and we may not understand it, but it's going on. Sometimes it may be painful. Sometimes it may be, you know, so much joy that you just want to explode. But one day it will be worth it all. And uh, what I want to do right now is we're going to close with a song um, about how God's goodness is just running after us. He's not going to let us go. He has a plan for us. Those, those who've who, who, who've trusted him as their savior. And so we're gonna sing about that. And as we sing, I just wanna encourage you, if, if you wanna pray with someone, in the first service, had some moms come up and, 
didn't ask for prayer for themselves. Who do they ask prayer for? Their kids. If you want someone to pray for your kids, if you want someone to pray for you, if, if you're not a mom and you want someone to pray for you, we're going to have some people up front here willing to pray with you, for you. Um, and, and, but right now, I just want to pray for, for all the ladies here. And I was going to make you stand, but none of you want to do that. So you can just sit. But let me pray as we close. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our ladies. Lord, I just thank you that uh, our women are just different than we are as men. And, and different in a wonderful, good way. And Lord, I just ask that you would just bless each and every woman here. That you would bless them and sanctify them to make them more like you. God, bless them with obedience. God, bless them with understanding. Bless them with strength. God, bless them with joy, with your presence, that your goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life. And God, I just, I just ask that you would just uh, bless them with your love, that your love, which is unending, would just pour out in a limitless fashion into their hearts and lives and overflow from their full hearts into the lives of others around them. I thank you, God, for blessing us with the women here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.